This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is none other than Derek Roddenbeck. He is an artist and he's looking to increase his revenue. If you want your chance to enter and to win 100 bucks each Monday on the show, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Nathan Latka here, and folks, this is episode 463. Tomorrow's episode is going to be unbelievable. We have none other than the Chris Saka joining us, one of the first investors in Uber, first investor in Twitter, early in many tech companies that you know. Many call him the most successful angel investor ever. That's what Forbes said. He's on Shark Tank. He's doing it all. You don't want to miss that tomorrow morning in episode 464. Top Tribe, good morning. Our guest today is Steli Efti. He is the CEO and founder of Close.io, among other things. Steli, are you ready to take us to the top? I am so ready. Okay, good. So, hey, give us a little more context first because I didn't have a complete bio. Close.io is your baby right now, but how to get started? Yes. So I've been a lifelong entrepreneur, originally from Europe, uh, came to Silicon Valley 10 years ago and I've uh, started a number of companies. Um, I would say my entrepreneurial superpower is sales and communication. Uh, so I've been, been hustling my whole life and uh, I had spectacular failures and some decent successes. Uh, so here we are. Which success are you most proud of so far? I would absolutely say Closer has been the biggest success in terms of just the size and the impact of the business. Um, it's a very small team. Uh, we're less than 20 people and we're, we're less than 20 people and we're, we're driving many, many millions in revenue. Uh, and are competing with massive organizations. Um, and it's not just the, the revenue that we make and the, the impact that the product had, but also just everything about this business in terms of the people I work with, uh, the the customers we touch, even with our marketing and blog posts, the kind of impact we have in helping startups and new companies succeed uh, by selling better has been uh, pretty tremendous. So what year, uh, Steli, did you found the business in? We started, we launched Close Out the Product in January 2013. Okay, and uh, this is always usually an embarrassing kind of answer, but do you remember what your first year revenue was? I do, re- I do remember what the first year revenue was. It was a, a few hundred thousand in revenue. So that's not horrible. No, no, no. But, <laughs> but to be fair, this is not, this is not quite fair to, to, to frame it that way because we had started as a services business called Elastic Sales. And oh. in... In running a services business, within that ye- the first year of running Elastic Sales, we had developed this internal piece of software called Close.io, and a year later we launched the, the, the software product, but we launched it with a lot of kind of uh, unfair competitive advantages. We already had a little bit of a, of a name as a thought leader in our space. We had a bunch of customers we could sell to. We had a lot of skill and experience by that time. So if, if that would, would have been the first company that I launched and it would have been like the first month we worked on the product, the numbers would have looked totally different. Yeah, Sally, I don't know if you see this trend. You're, you're based here in San Francisco, so you probably see more than I do, but so many successful SaaS companies I'm seeing are starting where it's an agency 
and they see the same problem with every client and then they spin out a piece of software and they already have a built-in customer base and then it takes off from there. Yeah, this is a very common, I, I think it's a common a trend for like a pattern to get to a great uh, value or business idea, which is you're, ident- you're stumbling or identifying a problem that real customers, real people have, and then you build a solution for that because you're really intimately familiar with both the customer and the problem. So you're able to develop a solution. By the time you have a solution, you don't have to wonder who's going to buy this. You don't have to wonder how to establish a brand in the market. You already know people. You've already serviced customers. You've yeah. already solved these problems for them, maybe manually. So it's a great way to, to do it, absolutely. So, so tell us what, you haven't uh, done this yet, so get, get, I'm going to give you a chance to do it real quick. Uh, tell us what Close.io does and how you make money. So Close.io is a CRM, a customer relationship management tool. This is a fancy word for sales software, right? And it is focused on inside sales teams. So if your company sells primarily by um, talking to people on the phone and sending emails and communicating with them uh, kind of uh, not in person, not in the field, not by knocking on their door and shaking their hand, um, then we've built the best software tool in the world to help your salespeople close more deals. And it's a subscription product, so businesses pay us per month per user that is on on the platform using Close.io. And what, just give us a sense of size, I mean, are we talking people pay you 10 grand per month or $5 per month, what's kind of ARPU? Yeah, so so um, it, 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 there's a wide range for us, but I would say that you know the the, the cheapest plan that we have, we're the if not the most expensive uh, CRM in the space. We're at the premium level in our pricing, so our, the cheapest plan we have is sixty five dollars per user per month. Okay. It's a lot more expensive than what our competitors do. Um, it can go up to you know it was two hundred, almost two hundred dollars per user per month. Um, so we go all the you have customers that are as small as just paying us these sixty five bucks or a few hundred bucks, all the way up to tens of thousands of dollars a month. If you had to average it, just so we could really pin down kind of the market, what would you say the average is? The average per month is probably you know in the four or five hundred dollars. Okay, four or five hundred, great. Yeah, I um I did a very brief stint at followup.cc, and they're they're big fans of you guys. Uh, so I got I got pretty familiar with the software through that. I think we were paying you guys somewhere in that range. Yeah, I know the team over there. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that you stumbled over us working at <laughs> Are you close with Jonathan or Lou or Ed, or close with the Polish team? Uh, not with the Polish team. I, I know Jonathan. I know some of the. I know the guy that originally built the Chris. tool. And I know that well, yes, um, and some other people that were involved in that company at various at various times. Yeah, people. Did you meet Chris through uh, YC? No, no, not through YC. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. Okay, good. So you've got customers. Uh, kind of average ARPU is about four hundred bucks. So what is that? You know, seven, eight seats ish per business at sixty five bucks a pop. Um, walk us through. Um, so you, and you said you did a few hundred thousand in your first year. So what? Um, how many current customers as of September twenty sixteen are you working with? So we don't disclose these numbers, but uh, it, it is a significant amount. So we're we we are in the you know. Thousands. I was going to say, come on, Stella, give us a little bit of context. So, come so. on. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you're smart enough, right? So, we don't. So, if I don't publish the numbers, but I give you the unique economics, you can just do simple math and you'll know how big our business is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But give us a range to keep it as vague as you want. So, between five and 10,000 paying customers, paying businesses, is that accurate? I would say between 500 and 5,000 paying businesses. Okay. So to give you a large enough range here. That's a, that is a very safe range. Um, really? So so I can, and as you just articulated, I could very easily do the math and say at a minimum I can take 500 customers times 400 bucks a pop and say you're doing at least 200 grand in monthly recurring revenue. Is that accurate? That is for sure accurate. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Talk to me about funding. Self-funded or have you uh, raised capital? 
we're kind of a, a monster in the middle. So the Closer is self-funded. But if you give the whole story, uh, when we started the business, we went through IC, we raised a seed round on convertible debt, and then we pivoted that business into Elastic Sales, which was a services business. Um, and we bootstrapped more or less Elastic Sales, and then we launched Closer as a fully self-funded product, and we never raised a, a penny afterwards. Um, so, you know, legally, since it's, it remained the same uh, legal structure as a business, uh, we had raised money for this business, but we've never, we're running like a, we're running a profitable self-funded business at this point and Close.io um, never got a dollar in venture funding in one way or another. If I ask your lawyer for your current cap table, I will see 5% to Y, assuming no dilution, to YC still on the cap table though, right? Yeah. Got it. Got it. And was the model back then at YC, was it 150 for 5% still? Is that what it was? Oh, that's a good question. I think, no, no, we were before that. And uh, we were the first ones to get the, the surprising 100K uh, <laughs> from, uh, from uh, the, 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 you know, the Russian billionaires. Yep, yep. Um, so when we, when we launched, it was like, I think, 25 or 50K for 5% or whatever it was. And then we got a surprise uh, additional 100K or whatever it was back so then. So Stelly, this is impressive, uh, man. So you, you really only have, in terms of outside capital in the business, you know, we'll call it 100 grand or 150 grand. No, that's not true. That's not true. We we raised uh, we raised a little bit over a million a few weeks after graduating from YC. Okay. Um, so when we started the original business, which was something completely different, um, we had a um, you know one point three million or something one point two one point three million in seed funding. Um, that business uh, you know within a year kind of didn't work out, and we pivoted into Elastic Sales, and we had a few hundred k still left. And Elastic Sales turned into this thing that was generating revenue, was like the services business. And, and by the by the time we launched Close.io, there was no money left and it was kind of, yep. we were profitable. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so so maybe, so you, you would say maximum, if I know it's kind of hard to go because you've pivoted so many times, but maximum you've taken in from outside is called 2.5 million, something like that? Yeah, two point, uh, no, one, not two point, one point uh, two million or something like that. Got it, got it, got it. Okay, very cool. Um, it sounds like, uh, so if, again, if you're serving between 500 and 5,000 customers paying 400 bucks a month, you're doing well north of 200 grand per month, a monthly current revenue, you're growing super fast. So, I mean, you, you must, it must have crossed your mind either raise capital grade valuation or maybe you're in acquisition talks right now. Which one is it? Uh, well, not on the two. <laughs> Come on, Stella. On I, don't, I don't believe uh, you. I don't believe you. I don't believe you for two seconds. Well, I had to. I had to think about like, well, have we thought about raising money? Sure. Um, have uh, companies approached us about buying us? Sure. Have we done e any of these two things? No. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, if you don't, if you don't need to sell, uh, then you're a very attractive buy, right? Um, so, or a very attractive investment. So, a lot of investors are throwing themselves at us, and it's very flattering. But um, we are uh, profitable. We have all the cash that we need, um, and so up until this point, it just didn't make sense. I think that at some point, there's a good chance that we're going to raise capital down the line. But we don't need capital right now. We have enough cash and capital on the side to do the things we want to do. Um, and uh, we like to own as much of the business as we can if there's no good reason to give up percentages in the business. So do that's kind of where, where, where what, what has gotten us to where we are right now. Do you have co-founders? 
Yes, I have two co-founders. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. So you, and did you, I mean, without getting too specific here, did you guys split that evenly, a third, a third, a third at the beginning, or is it drastically different than that? Uh, it's, it's not drastically different. It was not exactly a third, but ballpark. Okay, got it. Good. And then let's go into kind of economic stuff, because it sounds like you've tested some of this. So in terms of uh, things like uh, SaaS important, things like gross churn, where are you guys at currently, monthly gross churn? I'm not going to give you that number, my man. Is it bad? Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. How, like, <laughs> what's, what's, what's a bad what's a bad gross churn number? Every every. So first of all, I'm joking, but uh, but in all honesty, if it's even if it's just zero point zero one percent, if there's even just one customer canceling, it sucks, right? Every customer that we're losing is a is a tragedy as far as I'm concerned. What if it's the, what if it's the wrong customer? Well, that is a tragedy still because why the fuck did we close them in the first place? What, what, what did we do wrong in our marketing? What did we do wrong on our sales to never indicate that this, should, this is a customer that shouldn't buy our product? Mm-hmm. We, we, did, we did something wrong on the marketing and sales side then. So, tell, um, so that's a tragedy too. Yeah. So tell me strategically why you don't share gross churn number. We, we just don't share any numbers. There's no big strategic reason for it. I think just uh, we like, uh, I don't know, we like a certain level of privacy. We're pretty open about a lot of things like sharing tactics on how we're succeeding in terms of how we do sales, how we do marketing. Okay, tell me we that. A lot. Tell me a sales tactic you're using that's succeeding. Well, what, what we are doing, well, we, we do a lot of things, but what is a tactic that people that listen, uh, there's a high likelihood that somebody can, can take something away from it. Um, I think that the, the, the biggest secret to success if you're early stage is that for us, going from idea to selling uh, was a, 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 was something that was a matter of minutes and not a matter of weeks, months. So when when we when we launched Closer, we had a bunch of customers for it. Uh, we launched a, a CRM that didn't have uh, didn't have reporting in it. Um, so we were early on. This is maybe a strategy that that's fine. Early on, a lot of times companies um, try to have a perfect product so they don't experience any churn before they launch, and they take any kind of a, a excuse that a customer will give to, uh, for why they're not buying as a reason to add this to their product roadmap. What we did is we said we have one very unique, strong thing that the product does. If people really care, they'll buy even if it's really insufficient in many other areas. Like we sold sales software that didn't have any reporting in it and people still bought, but then they canceled, right? They were buying, they loved it, they hired more and more people and eventually they were like, well, reporting is important and you don't have that, so we need to leave you. That is not a great place to be, but it's a good place to be as a business because we knew people wanted to buy the product so strongly even if it was not sufficient, so they bought it immediately. Mm-hmm. But we also knew what we needed to fix to keep customers to stick around much longer. So we went, I think, to selling gear really, really fast without taking any excuses or any insecurities into account and in de- delaying the launch and delaying putting ourselves out there and selling. Um, today, we do a lot of teaching as a way to reach more customers. Well, like um, webinars, so- things like that? We do uh, a ton of blog posts, a ton of video content, a ton of, we, I, we have a podcast, we, sh- I do a, an incredible amount of public speaking, uh, we, there's, a, there's email courses we have, there's books that we have out there. Um, so we share everything we know on the sales side of things. We teach every sales tactic from, you know, from email hacks to email templates to sales scripts to everything we do and how we do it and what, what we've learned. Um, along the way, and, and and that's not a unique tactic, but one that has worked really, really well for us. So, so you have people sign up, they pay you, then they leave, and you learn things, and then you update it, and then ideally the next cohort that comes through, they stay longer. How long are people staying with you now? Uh, you know, in a, in a recent cohort. 
uh, <laughs> I hate to be the interview that has to constantly uh, push back, but I, lo I, I love your, your energy and you're well, fighting sorry, for no, your you listeners. You you trying to get yeah, <laughs> you don't give me compliments because they're still going to kill you on Twitter. So, like, what, what, I'm like, happy with like being killed the, on Twitter. The lesson, uh, the lesson you're giving is an important one, which is you can sign people up, don't be scared of the close, but then when they leave, understand why, edit, and then ideally your cohorts are staying longer. So, I mean, is it fair to say, I mean, maybe don't term, talk in terms of specifics, but have you guys seen a consistent uh, growth in lifetime value in terms of months as you've put this tactic into work at Close.io? Yes, absolutely. And okay. I think that you summarize it pretty well. I think anywhere you are in churn, for instance, is a horrible place. But the, the point is uh, that what you want to do is you just want to uh, you just want to identify what to do to get from A to B, to get it from where it is to a slight improvement in the next month, quarter or next cohort. Yep. And if you keep doing that, if you're consistently just improving that number over a long period of time, you're going to be golden. Your business is going to look better and better and better. It's going to its growth uh, levers are going to be greater and greater and greater. And that's really what that's really the approach that we take in almost anything is really long term and then being process oriented and try instead of setting these massive goals in the next quarter we're going to turn around this number and make it double or sure. half it or do this or that we just try to chip away at it every single day and we know over a long period of time that makes a dramatic difference it builds a lot of momentum yeah last few questions before we get into the wrap-up part of the show um if you include your content people your webinar people everything related to, to marketing and sales what are you spending your fully weighted cac more or less than a grand It is less than a grand. Okay, so that's pretty. I mean, it's pretty healthy considering you have a four hundred dollar ARPU. Yeah, yeah, we're in a pretty good place. Where are you? How do you think about when someone comes to you and says, "Steli, you know, you go to a YC conference and someone says we have this brand new marketing channel that's working great." You probably have a program where you can quickly say yes or no to test new channels. How do you figure out what amount of money to spend on new tests, and if they work, uh, how do you figure out how to double down on them? I think the most important thing with uh, testing new channels is to not just determine what the desired outcome is, but to determine what does success look like, but then what does failure look like, and what does the in-between look like, and then what do we do in each of these scenarios. I think too many times, if we do a, a new test or we test a new channel, if things go dramatically good, we all get it. Everybody is in agreement. This worked. Let's do more of it. If things go really horribly bad, we all see it. It's, it's obvious. We all know this didn't work. Let's stop it. But most of the time, my experience is that the results will not be either a massive success or crushing failure. It's going to be something in between. Some things worked, some things not. The numbers are not quite what we wanted, but they're not nothing. And there's disagreement or ambiguity on what to do with this. Um, and I think one of the most important things that, that I teach people and the, the, the thing that we've learned to do is to plan for all three scenarios and say, okay, what does success look like in failure? But what is the in-between? And what do we do if the first batch of results we get are not quite clear? Do we kill it? Do we double down? What is the, like, we're just really thinking through when you, before you get into testing your channels, what you're going to do with the results that come back in each scenario can make a dramatic difference on how fast and how successful you execute on a B test or new channel explorations. Steli, Mark Benioff is in San Fran. You guys have a meeting at a coffee shop tomorrow. He meets you. He says, Steli, we need a lightweight CRM that serves kind of down market before people are ready for the full Salesforce platform. We, here's my checkbook. I'm writing you a check for $20 million to acquire Close.io. Do you accept? No. 40? No. 
<laughs> not even close. Not even close. Not, like, even, close. not uh, even close. You you are super active in kind of the SaaS space. Um, Tom and a lot of these guys at Redpoint or others are seeing valuations kind of decrease. Uh, what do you tell people who are who are thinking about how to value their company, whether they're raising or they're selling right now? SaaS specifically. I mean, you get what you can get. It doesn't matter what the average numbers are. I mean, of course, everything affects everything, but ultimately you have to look at your individual company and your team and your situation and the demand you can create uh, for, for what you do. Um, you can be an outlier, you can be an average, or you can be what most people are going to be in most companies, way below average. So I think that it's good to be aware of what the temperature in the market is, but I think much more important is that you are aware, really self-aware of what the temperature is in your own company, your business, and with what you do. So Yes, be aware of it, but but uh, there's still companies out there that demand a really high premium because they can, and there's going to be companies in up markets where everything is selling for crazy multiples that are going to struggle to demand anything near that. Um, so I think it's important to be aware of what the market is, but I think more importantly, you need to know that every business is it's a totally different case. And you, the value of, the, of your business is determined on what the market is willing to pay for it and what you are able to create in terms of market demand. Awesome. Steli, if people want to follow your journey as you keep building Close.io, where's the best place for them to connect with you online? Uh, go to blog.close.io. We publish two times a week highly tactical and actual stuff on sales, and we update people on our journey. You can follow me personally on at at Steli on Twitter. Um, and then for people that are into podcasting, which is, you know, I, I guess most people that are listening to us right now, yep. go to the startupchat.com. I have a podcast with Ethan Chow, who was a guest on your podcast as well. Yep. Um, uh, the Startup Chat, uh, twice a week we do 20-minute episodes and we shoot the shit and talk about, you know, how to run a startup and talk about it from two CEOs' perspectives that are very different. Um, so if you like the interview, you might get something out of the podcast and want, might want to check it out. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, you came out of nowhere, your website's growing so fast, how'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator, I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator, and the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use, because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin, and guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them, you guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Steli, what do you guys do? What is it kind of each interview that you guys publish? About how many uh, listeners do you have in the first like four to six weeks? We'll do you know 10 to 15K here at each episode on the top. The the podcast with Heaton. Yeah, we don't we don't do interviews, so we don't interview. Well, just anybody. each it's episode. Just each about, episode. It's just each episode. I don't know. It's about uh, it's a few thousand. Yeah. It's not that much. Um, the quality of the the audience is is uh, pretty, pretty high. Probably pretty high. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of just uh, experienced founders, investors, people that are friends in our network that are listening. Um, so we get a very high engagement in terms of. The, the emails we get from people, the people I meet at conferences, events, and all kinds of during, during my day-to-day that are listeners to the podcast. People that are listening to our podcast are listening pretty, pretty um, heavily, and the audience is really good, but the numbers are not huge. It's not like, it's just a few thousand per episode. Hey, small, small but powerful is critical too, so that's good stuff. Uh, wonderful. We'll link to that in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 463. Again, forward slash the top 463. Steli, uh, last part of the show called The Famous Five. These are rapid fire answer uh, questions and answers you ready 
Ready. Number one, and by the way, these are going to be like softball questions compared to what you've gotten. Okay. So number one, <laughs> favorite business book. <laughs> uh, that is a, not a hard question. My Come favorite on. business book. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, uh, business books I like, but the hard thing about hard things is one and the other one, maybe even better is the PayPal Wars because it's not well known and it's a killer book that everybody should read. The PayPal Wars? The PayPal Wars. Yeah, okay, the PayPal great. Wars. Number it's two. a book we give to every new employee we hire. Very cool. And uh, and how many, sorry, you said you're less than 20, but what's, how specifically how yeah. many employees are you at right now? 18. 18, okay. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? No. Okay, number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like Acuity Scheduling? Favorite online tool? I, I, I wouldn't say favorite, but what I heavily, I'm a, a massive and a super heavy user of Evernote. Yep. I use it extensively all day. Number four, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Yes. Oh, nice. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Married, two boys, a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Oh, wow. Okay. And how old are you, Steli? I am 34. Okay, so last question. Two kids, you're married, 34 years old. Take us back 14 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? What, what do I wish my 20-year-old self knew? Yep. Is that the question? Um, I, wish, uh, I wish I knew how to manage my own emotions and be a lot more consistent with my work output. Uh, so I was very charismatic. I was very hardworking, but I had really amazing weeks and I had horrible weeks of productivity and I was up and down and I didn't like doing the things I didn't like to do and I was getting away with it. Uh, I wish I wish I had learned to focus on consistency uh, when I was 20. It would have been, you know, would have been able to accomplish a lot more and create a lot more value in the world that way. Well, guys, there you have it from Steli again, founded Close.io after several pivots, 1.2 million raised, serves well over 500 customers uh, doing uh, an ARPU of at least 400 bucks per customer, less than a $1,000 CAC with 18 employees, uh, mainly based here in San Francisco. Steli, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed Steli today, go back and listen to Chris Kerner yesterday. Chris has raised $8.8 million via selling iPhone repair parts to distributors. How's he do it? Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.